Hello, welcome to the Free Flowing Fun Fest, otherwise known as the Cutting Weight Podcast. I'm your host Shane McNona, joined by my, uh, as always, by my other co-host uh, Mike Michael Stahl and uh, James Shitty Jim Ayers. Thank you for mentioning. Continuing that. to bring that back up. Yeah, you'll notice on the actual podcast, like the name of the authors or whatever, I changed it to Shane, Mike, and Shitty Jim. But you didn't change the actual picture on the podcast, which I still think is complete bullshit and lack of effort on your part, just so you know that. I mean, if it wasn't for my effort in the first place, it would just be a white I don't like to live in the past, so Shane, I like to live in the present and think about the future, so. I'm just waiting on somebody to send me that JPEG. We'll we'll get it in there. All right. Fair enough. What's a JPEG? (laughs) Yeah, see in there. (laughs) Therein lies the problem. (laughs) Well, Happy New Year, everybody, and... uh, Welcome back. So, uh, what are we what are we drinking today? So we're drinking Commodore Perry, and I'm assuming that waiting all day for Sunday night is is a is a, is a reference to the past of the last Sunday that we played and we lost the Brown Steelers game, and that we're talking then about the Steelers Browns game that's yeah, it's coming up. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want to say that every time that that Carrie Underwood comes on and starts to sing that song, my wife says, "Do you think she's good looking?" <laughs> Well, here, Mike, and it's the part of the night. It, it, and every night, I say, "Yeah, you know, I, you know, she's not really my type." But uh, well, here's what you, you know, missed. The, here's like what you missed. Super good looking, like skinny, big boobs, kind of gross. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I don't. I think she's wearing too much makeup. Well, you guys, you to. missed out on a little piece there. That was the old school Faith Hill. Oh, Is that Sunday really? night? Yeah, she, she was. I, I think like so when we were in college, probably. That was the one. She was like the Carrie Underwood of that time. I mean, Shane, you had her shirt, right? Obviously. Uh, so so we've talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Funny, a you're funny wearing, already. You're wearing it right now, and it fits you like... It's a half shirt now, and it fits you like a sports bra. <laughs> well, I thought that, belly was, shirt. that was kind of my question to you guys was, do you like the Faith Hill or the Carrie Underwood Sunday Night Football? I, I don't Again, think... Again, both Stalin of those women even, are disgusting to me. And <laughs> I, I, love I couldn't my wife. tell the difference, honestly, in the singing. I could not. <laughs> I, mean, oh, I wasn't talking about the singing. Oh, oh. I, I, I mean, I, I think I'm always a Faith Hill guy. I think... Uh, I just... Does I she don't, still look good? I mean, I'm assuming she still looks good. She but still like, looks pretty In her prime, she was, she was quite the looker. I mean, I'm not going to... Look if I was going to have to fight one of her husbands for it. I mean, I think Carrie Underwood's married to a hockey player. I think I could probably take Tim McGraw... Yeah, he's like five um, seven, I think. Yeah. yeah, he was like the drunk dad from uh, what was a football movie he was in with Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Friday Night, Friday Night Lights. Lights. He's great in that movie. Does, he plays a great a, drunk dad. Yeah, great, great drunk dad. someday my kids I will mean, say that about me. Great drunk dad. I think they already have Mike. He's the best drunk dad. Um, we'll talk about the beer here in a second. We're here in Cutting Weight Cab, and the temperature is is roasty today. And I'm really excited that just we're sitting here comfortably. And I don't know. I'm almost. I feel like I'm almost overdressed. Yeah. Uh, do you guys notice an, a scent in here tonight? Is that patchouli? It's not patchouli. No. No. Uh, do you see any tie dye or Grateful Dead here, Joe? No, good point. Although there will be. <laughs> we'll see. I start hanging stuff up. We're totally doing patchouli. But uh, no, it's uh, Melissa got us a scent, uh, an air freshener that's plugged in over there. And it's called. Uh, she said it's called Black Tie, and I asked if that was just uh, uh, supposed to represent our our preferences and her men and my women. And I, <laughs> she was. A, she I just thought it was maybe the prof- think that was the professionalism funny. that we exude. Yeah, that's right. I was this going. Podcast. This is a black tie event. I mean, yeah. I took it the other direction. 
Commodore Perry IPA. I, I'm surprised we haven't done Great Lakes Brewing Company yet because it's a it's a stalwart uh, of the Cleveland uh, brewery scene. Probably one of the oldest, at least the first that I was introduced to. And now, you know, Cleveland has more breweries than people, it seems. But uh, this is this is my favorite. Probably next to Elliot Ness Lager, which we'll probably introduce probably later on, episode 98. Mark that down, Shane. Episode 98, we're going to do Elliot Ness Lager. Check it out. Got it right here. But uh, Commodore Perry IPA, it's a little bit... it's a little bit higher on the side. It's a hop, hopped up IPA, an imperial style IPA. And that's what they say. It's a British style IPA named after the man who defeated His Majesty's Royal Navy in the War of 1812, Commodore Matthew Perry, who went on to star in Friends. Yeah. I think it was Chandler's brother, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ma- so Matthew Perry's brother was actually Commodore Perry. So it's a bold, uh, slightly ironic plunder of war. Uh, you guys familiar with the War of 1812? No, you are just saying how you have several degrees in military history. Maybe you could share something with us. Well, it's a basically the British got us back for the old <laughs> Revolutionary War. They came to they came back. Um, it was based on ongoing trade wars with various nations in Europe, mainly France, the the British Empire, and then also the United States. But then it ultimately escalated to war. The British came back and burned down the capital of our country. Yeah. Um, Strong move. Yeah. Hey, um, hey, take that. Kind of like, I think think stuff, I thought that was going to happen this week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But it was just, it wasn't the British. No, but this was a pretty significant battle on Lake Erie. I haven't been to Putin Bay. There's a memorial to Commodore Perry that's there today. If you ever go to Newport, Rhode Island, there's several statues of uh, Commodore Perry that are erected in his name, and he's one of the most famous naval naval figures in American history because of that war. That really turned the tide of the war, and it denied British access to a major port um, here in here in North America. And it's a great beer. Well, it sounds well. like uh, he's a man quite deserving of such a strong, Fine. solid IPA. Yeah, good good color, good taste. All year round, I mean, it's 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 good in the winter, it's good in the summer. Um, it's just a, it's one of my all around favorites. And they did a, a cool job with the redesigning of the cans. With uh, looks like good old Commodore there standing on a a boat while there's plundering and cannonball fire, and it actually looks like there's a boat on fire <laughs> in yeah. the background. So yeah, his famous quote, "Don't give up the ship." That's what hangs in the Naval Academy to this very day. A big banner that says, "Don't give up the ship," and uh, it's kind of their their battle cry to this day. Funny or, story, or boat. Yeah, Jim said, "Don't give the boat." And and no, that's a, come on. just another thing. Um, in the Navy, ships are above water. Boats, submarines. Good to know. All the little tidbits that you'll pick up here during this podcast are. It's almost like you might get smarter. Jeopardy. Yeah, I you mean, might, if, you might accidentally learn something. Yeah, let's let's stop that from here on out. Well, thanks for that intro, Mike. I think we'll enjoy this beer thoroughly this evening, and you know, tip our cap to old Commodore Perry for his service to this great land and what he's done, especially on the the waters just to the north of us in Lake Erie. Absolutely. Well, I would like to introduce a special guest we have brought here tonight. It's someone that I have known for many years. Um, I've known his family, geez, for probably twenty plus years. Much um, too long. Much too long, but sometimes not long enough. Um, you know, I've had the pleasure of uh, coaching this young man in wrestling, which was really a, uh, a great experience for me. Hopefully he felt a little bit of the same on his end. He was a, an accomplished wrestler in high school. He wrestled some in college. Um, he 
has worked in the city, um, Cleveland, doing promotional things. He's now got some other things going on that I think are pretty exciting in his life that I'm sure he'll share with us tonight. And his name is Sean Fee. Sean, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me, you guys. I uh, I can't tell you how excited I am to finally see the uh, cutting weight cabin. And what I, can, it, I mean, did it live up to your expectations? I what? mean, it exceeded, wow. to be honest. Wow. It exceeded. And, and, we're, and we're not, we haven't even started the full renovation yet. Oh my God. I can't, you guys got to keep me in the loop with that for sure. The Sean Fee wing is going. That's right. right yeah. Over right there. over there. I can see it. I can see it already, but no, I mean, I'm super excited to be here. I think I'm even more excited that you spelled my name right on the, uh, on the sheet here. I was expecting an S-H-A-W-N from you coach, uh, but the only, like the only Sean's that I've been close with in my life have been S-E-A-N's. Those are the best kinds. Growing up, I had a friend named Sean Yeglin. I haven't seen him in probably 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, a good buddy of ours, we all know Sean Gross, same way. Um, and then there's yep. Sean Fee. As far as I'm concerned, I don't have another Sean in my life, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> all right. Three's that's enough. enough. Yeah, three's enough Sean. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, a lot of that's, that's all you need. It's a lot and of Irish. And if there is a Sean out there that I'm friends with that I didn't mention, I apologize. I'm just not thinking about you right at this moment. <laughs> I get called Sean like once a week by somebody, yeah. usually an yeah, older person. Yeah, it's, it's Sean. There's a lot of people that think my name's Sean. Sure. People at work call me Sean. You just roll with it. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even correct people. It's been people. 10 years. At that point, it's just awkward. You just got to keep going with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A, you you uh, waited tables for a little while, and you had people call you Shana for a little longest time you thought it would help with tips yeah i did well i wore heels yeah well i mean since he cut the ponytail off it's it's not as noticeable yeah and the the faith hill t-shirt as we were talking about yeah again exactly yeah i mean i always gave him 20 (laughs) percent. every bit of it and he earned every bit of it he did sure did i I had to you know wiggle a little bit on the walk away but But that was just you you were not good at walking in heels that's all (laughs) So Sean, tell us yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself. What um what brought you to where you are right now in your life, and where do you you know where are you going? What's your what's your plans moving forward? I, I do want to say a quick congrats to you for your recent engagement yeah, to your you. fiance. I think her name's Kat, Catherine, right? But you yeah, Cat, Cat, yeah. Um, I've met her a couple times. Seems like a, a wonderful, beautiful girl, and I'm very well, very you. happy for you guys and. Wish you the best of luck, and it's not too late to you know not get married if you don't want to do that. Right. Too. Well, I was gonna tell her to listen to this, and now I'll just go. I'm gonna lie. And, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> the recording didn't work. Yeah. Sorry, honey. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Was, no. no, no it's, but it's a wonderful marriage. Is a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> commitment, and right. uh, we all hold it very holy. In, yeah. In our hearts. Yeah, so. I can. I can see that. Right. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. That's why we erected this cabin to come out here and hide from our wives. <laughs> Well, we've all been married for like yeah. a long time. Like, it, it, give yourself ten years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the shine wears off a little bit. No, no, just seriously, it's it's a good thing, and we're we're super happy for you. Absolutely, and thanks, uh, man. I appreciate that. We wish you that. the best of luck with that. So, 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 Thank what's so going much. on? Tell us, tell us a little about yourself. Something that uh, you know the listeners might find interesting. How you got to where you are, and where you're going from now. Absolutely. So, I'll kind of give you the the quick rundown. I mean, uh, I went to West Virginia. I wrestled there for a little while. Got my varsity letter there freshman year. I, I think we you need to start more with like your your high school coach. Like focus more on him and how big of an impact he had on you. Yeah, I think I'll, that's what that's why we brought you here. Nice what, yeah, get, I, I don't know if you want me. I don't know if you want me to get Ohio. into that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Get out of Ohio just for for at least a year. They said, and the authorities said I could come back. Right. I, the girl said she was eighteen. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say the title of my next book is actually How to Deal with Your Asshole High School Wrestling Coach. <laughs> oh, good. I will not be taking any interviews. For <laughs> no, but honestly, I know this is, he probably wouldn't 
like to hear it because it would be a little awkward for him to hear. But uh, Jimmy has had a huge impact on my life. And I also think that that's the first time I ever called him Jimmy and not coach. We're at this age yeah, now. Never do where, that again. Yeah, we're at the age now where I'm like, I'm 27. Should I drop it in the cutting weight cabin? Was it too soon? I think Shitty Jim's good. The, shitty Jim. This gym. is the right place to do it, I think. All right, cool. I'll just go with Shitty Jim. This, this is actually where This I is I, a safe zone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's not that safe, Sean. So <laughs> This is where my six-year-old called me Mike. So... <laughs> I think it's, this is just yeah. a natural progression of things. It's kind of like a tabern- tabernacle for that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, he's had a huge impact on my life, and he's a great guy, and uh, I owe him a lot. So, But moving on from that awkward uh, exchange between <laughs> yeah. us. We'll, from that solicitor. It's only yeah. awkward if you make it awkward. Right, Sean. yeah. Now you made it awkward. Yeah, now I made it awkward. But yeah, after that, I went to West Virginia. Uh, I wrestled there for a while uh, my freshman year, and... After my freshman year, I just I hung it up for no other reason besides the fact that it was time for me to hang it up. I think a lot of the times with wrestler, wrestlers, you'll hear, you know, the coach screwed me or they get hurt, which, you know, a lot of times can be the case. But for me, I just wanted to be a college kid for a few years. Um, and I, because I made that decision, which a lot of people told me would be the worst decision of my life, actually turned out to be a really good decision for me because I still absolutely love the sport. I still help out. Um, and I'm happy that I didn't lose my love for the sport just because I felt like I had to stick it out. Um, so after that, I graduated from West Virginia. Best, you know, best four years of my life. I can't tell you how much fun I had there. Um, Morgantown is a great city. If you've never been, I recommend going. Absolutely. I went to a Kenny Sherto camp down there. Okay. Yeah. Drug us down there. Charges double. (laughs) John Smith was supposed to be there. He didn't show. And then uh, who 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 do you, he brought in somebody at the last second? But eventually. well, Shane and I went to. And I still get emails from Kenny Sherto every week. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shane, Shane and I. I mean, Shane yeah. and I went to a, a Kenny, well, a Buckeye camp when we were like ninth graders. And Kenny Sherto was one. Do you remember that? Yeah, Kenny Sherto yeah. was one of the counselors. Yeah, he was there. And he was screwing around with like these middle school kids before a session. You know, they were challenging him and he was, you know, just like launching these kids for no apparent reason. And he launched this one kid and the kid came down and literally like broke his arm. Oh, God. I mean, he had to yeah, get rushed. Went to the hospital. He had to get rushed to the hospital like, in a cast. Like, broke. I just broke your arm because I'm Kenny Chertow and I like suplayed you <laughs> on your fucking head, you know. Yep. And literally. 30 minutes before camp was supposed to start. Right. So, and you would think you would be very apologetic <laughs> and feel terrible and like wonder like, how can I pay this back? His his ver- his way of paying this kid back was he walked over like before the next session when the kid came back like the next day with a cast and he he's like lost all his money for this camp can't pay you know can't compete in it do anything. Chertow walks across the street to a Circle K, gets like a, a slushy, comes back, gives his kid. He's like, "Sorry, dude, for breaking your arm." And we're just like, "What a fucking loser." <laughs> <laughs> for, for people that don't know, he was like a world level like wrestler, oh, yeah. right? And oh, he's yeah. a co- coach. He was an Olympian. Videos. He went to the Olympics when, go- they, when they had like seventy five pounds as a weight class before. I mean, I'm kidding, but like they they had it like a one hundred and five. Yeah. But that he was, was a name. In, he was a name in the sport for sure. I mean, he was he was a well known technician, clinician. I mean, you had Kenny came to all of the sure, camps that sure. we went to in the summers, and he was at least in the Midwest. We yeah, was, he was also responsible for like. Bringing over like the Belaglatsovs or the there was uh, a couple the dude from Finley. Yeah, there were a couple of wrestlers. Moran Karchalava. Yeah, Belaglatsov. I think is like a four-time gold medalist. <laughs> it's not. It's not that guy, but it's 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 some other communist punk. Right. By the way, not to bring up a competitor, but 
Joe uh, Jordan Burroughs on Joe Rogan today. Did you guys listen to it? It's incredible. I did not. Yeah, I saw it. I saw he was on it, but I didn't. It hadn't posted yet when I looked. Yeah, it's, it's on there, it, so you it, can it, watch, listen to it really now. Good. I, I didn't finish the whole thing yet, but just to have him expose the sport like like he is, it's he couldn't be a better ambassador for it. There's so. a there's a great. There's like a two-page wrestling magazine that if you get a, a coaching card, an AAU or USA yeah, coaching yeah. card, um, you get a wrestling magazine like every every month. Well, Jordan Burroughs wrote a one-page article to parents of wrestlers, mm. and I read it to every parent of a wrestler that I ever coached. And it's just basically like, hey, don't, you know, this isn't about you. This isn't sure. about don't march your kid out there with all your hopes and dreams on his shoulders. This is about, this is about, him learning he or she learning the sport having fun and um and you know control yourselves at these tournaments they're the uh, some wrestling parents are some of the worst parents in sports they can be the worst they can Um, be the absolute worst and it's a shame because it's such a hard sport and when you add that additional pressure to the kids it's it's nothing but affecting their relationship with them and it's just super counterproductive to the athlete actually enjoying the sport yeah absolutely it's too hard of a sport when you got to come home and your parents are yelling at you and stuff about it so but they hear that from a guy that's been doing the sport for i don't know how many how old is that guy he's been wrestling for 30 years of his life probably and still loves yeah. the sport still competing at the highest level you could possibly compete I mean that's 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 kind of special. Sure. Well, that's interesting that you mentioned that, Sean. From yeah. you know, coming from that aspect, I know something that's been really important to you, and something that I think you're kind of looking to move towards is also you know working with athletes, mm-hmm. you know, about kind of approaching the sport in a in a positive way and using using different tools to kind of help them optimize their performance. Um, maybe not necessarily physically, but like on the mental side of it. Could could you tell us a little bit more about like what your kind of moving into with that? Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, my biggest thing is I truly feel like if the athlete is okay with themselves as a human being and they work on all the other stuff that they need to work on, it gives them the best opportunity to go out there and actually compete their best. If they're out there worried about all the other stuff going on in their life, like, uh, you know, their girlfriend broke up with them or they, you know, they had a <clears throat> they had a friend pass away or you know they're they're come home and their their parents are yelling at them the last thing they're going to be thinking about is actually having to go out there and compete and then a lot of times what happens is they go out there and they try to compete with all that on their mind and then they don't compete to that to their capabilities right. so what i want to try to do is sure i want to teach these kids some you know there's some uh routine is important and uh you know, there's meditation techniques and breathing exercises and all these sports psychology stuff, which I'm gonna, I'm in school right now to learn and I'm very excited to, to learn those things. But I really want to get to the core of the athlete as a human being so they can work on those things. I want them to be able to come talk to me, say, hey, these are all the things going on in my life right now. Let's work on these things and then we'll build on that and say, all right, now once you figure out all these other external problems. Now we'll work on just how to perform better. So I started this WellSport program, and just while I'm in school, I've been giving presentations, been working with some kids one-on-one, and been posting to my social media channels, just trying to get the message out there that this is what I'm doing now. And I've honestly, I'm doing it just because I thoroughly enjoy doing it, which is a a good transition for me because that wasn't always the case, so... That's cool. It's good to hear that, because I know even when I mean, when I was coaching high school and you were one of my athletes, I, re- I remember t- kind of taking some extra time. And you and I worked together yep. 
on like kind of the sport. And I had given you that book. Yeah, I still have it. I just and, reread it recently. Yeah, and, and I 10 thought ten minute that, toughness. Yeah, and I thought that was you know we kind of did a whole season long progression of trying to. Cause I, I honestly think like when you were competing, there were you know there were things that probably got in your way from optimizing your performance. You know, 100%. not 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 on the physical side, but on you know the the mental aspect of it. Absolutely. And we kind of worked through a season together and. I've always found that stuff interesting. So it's really cool to hear of a kid that, you know, was one of my former athletes and that kind of stuck. And now you're kind of passionate about that side of it, which, you know, I think we can all attest. We've all wrestled here. Like, you know, you, you train as hard as you can, but at the end of the day, like if you, if you're not feeling great about what you're going to be doing or have the confidence to, to pull it off when it matters most, like that, that's, that's the challenge because there's guys that, you know, I've competed with, even when I wrestled fucking 50 years ago, however, you know, a long time ago that, you know, looking back, I'm like, that guy wasn't better than me. He just believed more that he was going to beat me. Sure. You know what I mean? So I think that's really awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm excited Thanks, to hear coach. how that journey goes with, with that. Thank you. So yeah. Much. I think I, I, in retrospect, I look back on my time as a, as an athlete, but also, you know, my time in the military. And I think about it as, you know, in the military, we never, we would never afford, you know, our opponent, the opportunity to get into a fair fight with us. Sure. We'd bring every, every resource we had at our, at our disposal to the fight. And we would, we, we wouldn't always maintain the initiative and we would never give that up. And I think back in my competitive, you know, life as a wrestler, I mean, how many fair fights did I let people get into with me? You know, whether it was, you know, not capitalizing off a, a clean diet or not capitalizing off of, you know, uh, leaving something on the table in the wrestling room or not, you know, I, all those things. I or mean, just, you, or just you, being out at the bar till two thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got into a lot of fair fights, but it's, it's true. I mean, you know, we, we, we didn't leverage all the tools at our disposal in the matches that, that I, that I lost or, or regret. And, you know, you can look back at those and you, you live with them now, but um, the truth is that if you're going to be compete at the highest level and you're going to be the best wrestler and frankly, you know, Sean, you, you're talking about athletes, but this, this applies to life in general 100%. too. I mean, yeah. if you want to be the best accountant you can be or best dad, you can be your best brother or son, yeah. uh, husband, you can be this. I mean, this is all, this is all good stuff. So I'm excited to have well, you. I think the key a lot of, in a lot of things that with life is like hindsight's 2020, right? So you, you have a disappointment and then down the road, you look back at that and think of if I'd only done this. So, you know, the key to a lot of it is like trying to get that person to realize the situation they're in now so that they can make some changes in the present to, you know, avoid those situations which are avoidable. But oftentimes you don't know they're avoidable until it's too late, you know. Yep. So it made me think of a funny story when you're saying about how like you're competing, you're, if your mind's thinking about something else and you're not in the moment or whatever, <laughs> I always think about when uh, it wasn't, this wasn't a high level event, but like JV football, my like sophomore year of high it was school. The, it was the Burger King tournament, <laughs> constantly semis. <laughs> I won that tournament once or twice. And uh, they're playing JV football on Saturday morning at like, you know, 1030 or whatever. And varsity played the night before and, it happened to be homecoming weekend, so it's the day of our homecoming dance, and I and I'm I'm ecstatic that I'm taking this girl that I thought was like the most beautiful girl in the world at the Let's time. Go. Like I, I was like so excited, and we're we're I remember playing. The sun's out. I'm the punt returner, 
if you've seen me run, I'm not that fast. But basically, the coach they put me back there because they thought like this. Guy I don't. Won't, I don't think I've ever seen you run. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even know you could running. catch a football. To be quite honest with you. <laughs> well, in this case, I didn't. So I just remember I'm, I'm thinking about this girl and the punts coming in the air. It's coming to me, and I'm thinking about this girl and I'm going to homecoming with, and the uh, the punt was a little short, so it bounces. And it, you know the horrible decision always is once it bounces, just don't touch it. I decided poison. I decided like you run. Oh, it's one bounce. I can get it after that. And it did not work out well, and that was the last punt I ever re- attempted to return in yeah, my life. A little distracted there, but I was distra- I was distracted. Yeah, there, there's. I'd like to break down this story. I knew you were gonna like this one. I mean, is there any? Can we contact your so, dad? Does he have film on this? So, I'd like to see this. So. God, I hope Jim, not. you and I have known Shane for a long time. Sure. What's, what surprises you most about this story? Don't even say it. One, <laughs> Shane was the most athletic person on that football team that to he play, was to play punt returner. returning punts. <laughs> right? How bad was that football team? <laughs> right, not good. Or who on the coaching staff <laughs> was your dad, the head coach? <laughs> nope, nope. Mike, not involved. Mike Mignona, not involved. Or two, he was thinking about a girl. I don't know. I, I think there was a lot of things working against him <laughs> in this situation, um, but that that's a good story, and it's I think it's a good point to like. Plus, you you know if if in, in that situation you're dealing with high school kids, like yeah, I'm like yeah. sixteen. You got like, you, 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 got, you got a million things going through your head, 100%. and there's all kinds of different distractions, and you know, not even to mention like emotionally at that age, like you're trying to figure out like what the fuck is even going on. Even though you think, you know, everything, obviously yeah, you don't know shit. You know? You're know, you not, you're pretty dumb really <laughs> in the, in the greater scheme of the world. So yeah, it's, it's a cool thing to try to, I mean, I have a, you know, Shane, Mike and I all have sons that are, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle school age and like <laughs> every day my son like does something. And I'm like, I don't say it to him, but I'm thinking like, how, you're so just so dumb. <laughs> I call my tell my son, and I'm like, you're the dumbest smart kid I know. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get you know all but, A's and you can't tie your shoes. But yeah. but I'm you know thinking back, like I, I'm like I must have been so fucking dumb too, you know, and like I'm sure my dad was like, what the fuck did I do? Why to rate you know? But it's just a you know a, a point of growing up, and you, you kind of. You figure shit out as it goes, but in the time being, when you think you know what you're doing, you're an idiot. And like, I'm a, I'm still an idiot in a lot of regards. Like, <laughs> I think, I think we can attest to that. You know, life's basically a long, a long course, and uh, you, you don't really ever master it. Never. And I, with me and what I'm trying to do, like, I don't run from that at all. Like, I, I think it was Doctor Phil. He said he's like, just because I, like, know how to. I know how to tell you what to do in these situations doesn't mean that I'm the like picture perfect like mental health guy. Like even though I'm giving these this advice and it's because I'm went through these things or it might be going through these things. I can just kind of help you through it and kind of relate to you in these situations, which is I think I think pretty important because a lot of times when you see these people like on Instagram or whatever, they're these they're being talked down to like people asking for help. It's like these super self-help gurus. And I'm like, no, I'm actually, I went through this stuff and I'm going through this stuff. And I want to talk to you at your level about this stuff and tell you my personal experiences, like from me to you, let's talk about this. I'm not coming at it from this level of like, Hey, I'm smarter than you, which I think is hope. That's I'm not running from my 
issues in my life either, you know, so. Well, plus for you, like, I mean, Shane and Mike and I are, you know, kind of an older generation where we didn't have the social media stuff going on when we were uh, growing up. So if, you, if you're talking about things that'll distract you, I mean, you know, you, you got a million other things going on in the periphery of your life, and it's just a lot to try to, you know, sort through to try to get to a, a focus point of, uh, you know, what you want to accomplish. So I, I know it's probably more challenging than it used to be. I mean, it used to just be like, just fucking work harder. Right. Stop being a baby. Right. You fucking yeah. pussy. You know? Well, I think but, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to circle back to, you know, a story I read re- recently about West Point dropping their boxing program or, or, or considering dropping their boxing program. It's a requirement that every, every cadet at West Point box. And then the sport of wrestling is unique in the sense that, you know, it forces you to walk out onto a mat without any other teammates and, you know, half naked and, you know, someone wants to do you harm out on that mat. What specifically, Sean, for you is, is, is stands out to you about the sport of wrestling and what athletes go through in that sport and how that applies to life. I mean, there's certainly so many different lessons to learn about mental toughness, overcoming adversity, personal accountability, sure. discipline in your life. I mean... Um, you know, I see so many, so many things just from, you know, the podcast that the other, the other, you know, um, videos that I've seen of you talking to athletes and, and I'm certain what's in this book is about, you know, how do you, you didn't read the book, Mike? I read the back of the book. (laughs) (laughs) I read the, I read the back of the book and, um, well, speaking, speaking of which, before we get on too much, like Sean is, is an author and, you know, we just want to kind of throw it out there too. He did write a book. Um, I think it came out maybe in the fall, I believe. Yeah, last year. Yeah, last yeah year. Yep. 2020. So. It's called yep. The Fine Line. Uh, which side will you be on? I've read, I actually read the book, Mike. And um, I, just, I mean, I just, I, just I don't know. Hold book. on. I see a, uh, I see a <laughs> bookmark, a page full, but on page 76. Okay. I've read, I've read, I've read 75 read pages of the book. Dog ear. halfway. Yeah. Damn it. How do you fucking uh, find that? Yeah. Busted. You should be a private detective, not right. a fucking sports psychologist. Yeah. You drew, is that a penis you drew on page 34? But my biggest, my biggest critique is like, where are the pictures, Sean? I'm a picture yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the picture with you and your high school wrestling coach? Yeah, I was, I was yeah. hoping for like, you know, you get, you you go to the middle of the book and it shows yeah. like 10 pages of pictures, mostly like me just like, you know, holding Sean's hand up and me yeah. like and Sean shaking hands. Is this episode more about you or Sean? I think once you got past the dedication page and it wasn't to you, you hung it up. Like, Fuck this let, let me, let me, let me tie this thought together and then I'll hand it to you, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like sure, sure, sure. the social media stuff yeah. and how it applies to kids today and how they, how they compete and what else they're thinking about. Marcus Aurelius, uh, a Roman Stoic who um, talks about life um, in general as a, you know, he's the a warrior king, a warrior philosopher back in the day. Yeah. But he's a, uh, one of his quotes that I absolutely love is like, hey, life is not, um, you know, the synchronized ballet. Life, life is a wrestling match. Life is waiting to knock you off your feet and mm-hmm. gut punch you at every opportunity that you let it. And, you know, it, 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 the winner is the one who stays balanced and is less, less likely to be knocked off their feet. I'm paraphrasing that obviously. Sure, yeah, yeah. But talk about talk about how your your methodology, you know, takes a takes a, a, a kid through that. Through social media, specifically. Yeah, or, or you know, the the influence of life or, or you know, how they you know life is not, you know, this what they see on social media. What you're seeing is the tip, you know, what you're seeing is people at their absolute best on social media. Yeah. And, and then a kid that's not at their best is watching that and saying, like, Well, why not me? Like, why can't I see that? And they don't understand that. No, everybody's dealing with the same crap, man. 
Hundred percent. So I actually feel uh, I feel bad for kids today because even even me who kind of grew up with social media, they uh, they are living in their phones and it's it all they are seeing is exactly what you said is other people being the absolute best, thinking that these people are living these lives that they're not truly living. And it's either that it's either people living their idyllic lives or it's a bunch of negative shit. It's one or the other. Yeah. It's it's two extremes, and right now that is all people spend all day. You, I mean, these kids have a break in their time to maybe instead of thinking about how they can be bettering their lives or just maybe talking with friends, whatever it is, they pull out their phone and they scroll through their phone. I do it too. I'm not saying I don't. That has such a negative effect on your psyche, and. I think down the road we're really going to see some negative effects from this, especially right now. A lot of the kids are quarantined; they're not getting the social interaction that that you know. When I was talking to Jim on the way here, and no, oh, he dropped the shitty, which I'm glad. shitty Jim. I, I thought about it. I'm like, I see. I, I saw him. He paused for a like, second. I was talking to. I shot him a look like, don't fucking start with the shitty. Shoch. Yeah, Shoch now. And and that's kind of what I was getting into too. Is it, these kids just have, they they can't run from it. So it's either negative or super super positive. And either way, they don't, they don't. It, it nothing adds up. So I think in the sense of when bringing that to sport is, all as these kids see is one or the other. So when they go out on the mat and they either compete to the absolute best of their ability or they don't. And they have to deal with the results in a way where they can just hide after the match. They can just go on their phone, scroll through social media, and just hide from the situation. Because it's Mm -hmm. a distraction, right? Right. And they're distracting themselves with something that is, in a way, poisoning their minds. It's false, and it's It's, it's immaterial. Exactly right. And they're spending all their free time doing this. So instead of giving their brains a break, they're sending their brains in hyperdrive with all negative stuff. And I'm, I'm super concerned about it, and I talk to my athletes about it all the time. And not only do I think it's fect- affecting how they compete, I think it's affecting their overall well-being, which is my... Yeah, I mean, I try to, at night, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm scrolling through my phone at like, you know, if I'm going to bed at 10, like at 9, I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I put my phone away, and I don't respond to anything. I don't, I don't go on Facebook or Twitter or whatever for the last yeah. hour just to kind of... Even if I'm watching a TV show, I'm just sure. chilling out at least and not focused on something like that. Sure. Yeah, especially right now. I mean, times are crazy right now. No matter what you believe, like, things are in- interesting and it's it's tense. And I think that I'm hoping, I have hoped that this will all kind of come to a head and the kids will realize that this isn't real life, you know? But I, I'm just staying hopeful because the alternative is, is kind of scary to me. So I'm, I just try to inform them about the things I'm learning in school, about how it's not good for them, and then just hope that they can kind of take that in stride, which the kids I've talked to, I think, have. So Excellent. Now, I have a, like a, a, something I thought about when I was – I knew you were coming on tonight, Sean. Sure. And wanted to, like, I have a couple you know experiences I had with you from coaching you that I thought – would be interesting kind of on the topic we're talking about. So your, I think it was your freshman year, right? You qualified for state or uh, sophomore my, year? My sophomore, sophomore year, year. Yes. That's yep. right. Yep. You qualified for state and then. Just seems like a something a coach should know. You're back to shitty gym. There you go. So my timeline was off, but I, I think the, the point we're getting at, Mike, here is it's not, let's not fucking mince, you know, get too, too worried about the actual dates. 
So your sophomore year, I should have just yeah. said an earlier year of yours <laughs> in yeah, right, high school. Right. So early on in your high school <laughs> career, I yeah, believe. That was, that's yeah. what I wanted. If I'm not mistaken, you qualified for state. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or am I thinking of your brother? I, I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> um, no, so you qualified for state. It was the first time you were down there. Yeah. You, you know, you, you kind of battled through several matches, and you got to the point where you're in the the placement match. So, you, you know, you're, you and your opponent are wrestling, and if you win, you become a state placer. You become all Ohio if you lose. You know, you – you end that season and you know go back to the drawing board and try to go for it the next year. So in that match, you had to wrestle an opponent from Crestwood, who actually was a girl. Her name was Paige Nemec. She was yeah. great, really a great wrestler, great athlete. I think she ended Absolutely. up playing like college soccer. Like she was stud, great stud. athlete. Absolutely. Um, yep. But it was crazy for me, and I, I can't imagine what it was like for you, Sean, because. This was the first girl that had ever qualified for the state tournament in Ohio. And if people aren't from Ohio, they're listening. Like it's probably one of the top, you know, two or three states for wrestling. So to qualify for state in general is a tough deal, and to do it as a girl, I'm sure, is you know a monumentous, you know, type of thing to, to achieve. So one, one of us here never did it. Yeah. Well, we won't even get into that. Oh, That's a whole different episode. Oh, here we go. Let's un- <laughs> let's let's all. So, at any rate, at that time, you know, let's go the to commercial break here, so Shane can kind of cry it out here. <laughs> so, the state championships are held at the Schottenstein Arena, which is like the main basketball arena down at um, Ohio State in Columbus. And I, I don't know; it probably seats ten thousand people, fifteen thousand people. You know, it sure. seats a lot of people. And in that arena that day, and during the state placement matches, like, it's, it's a full house, you know, and oh. you got people screaming on. And they announce, you know, before the match as they're about to walk out to the center line, you know, we have Sean Fee from Mentor Lake Catholic versus Paige Nemec from Crestwood, you know, the first girl to ever qualify. So literally, of say there's 15,000 people in that arena, you know, like 14,900 of them are cheering for this girl. Right. And you got Sean, you know, with our contingent of people we brought down cheering for him. But, like, the whole house was basically rooting yeah. against you. So just kind of walk me through, like, how, how, how that, did, how that sure. felt. Yeah. How did you become a misogynist? And uh, when did you start and, to hate right, women? Right. You, you, took, you, took, you took women's yeah. rights back, back 20 about, years. Back about 20 years to the 60s. Right. No, but that was, I mean... That moment had a profound impact on my life. How could it not? I was uh, I, what, 15, 15, 16 years old at that time. Well, I, I apparently don't remember yeah, how old you even were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What year was that? Right, yeah. uh, were you eighth grade? <laughs> but I mean, but it's also a reason why I'm getting into why I'm getting into. I remember before the match, everyone kept coming up to me and saying, "Relax." Relax. It's just another match. Because, because even as your coach, like I'll say, like you were wound tight as a drum before. I could tell. Oh my god! Like leading up to that, like because you knew the you knew the circumstances, you knew the situation, and it was like you were kind of in a no-win situation. Like if you win, yeah, you just beat a girl. You should beat a girl. If you lose, like you would never ever hear the end of that from your buddies and whoever else. I'll never forget. You came up to me after the match. You found me in the. I was in the back room at the state at the shop. And I was like on, I was just like fetal position almost. And you were like, Sean, you just placed at the state tournament as a sophomore. And I go, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like, cause it was that, and I didn't mean that. It was just that draining of an experience for me. Oh, by the way, he won the match. I won the match. Barely was just... though, it was two to one. She was an unbelievable wrestler. I, I give nothing but credit to her. That moment had a huge impact on my entire life. I still 
remember how I felt like having the world against me having and just being so confused like I'm why are you booing me I'm 15 years old like, like why do you hate me why do you hate me right? I don't even know most of you yeah, yeah Jesus oh, Pete's yeah. guys I'm a, I'm a white American male I deserve this give this to me right right exactly but yeah. I, I mean everyone before the match was telling me be calm be calm like it's just another match and I kind of wish like someone came up to me and was just like, hey, this situation is what it is. Like, it sucks. Like, slap on the ass. Like, no, let's go get after it. Yeah, because even when someone tells, like, I mean, and you're going to deal with this as you get into sports psychology with your athletes. Like, having someone tell you, like, chill out is not, like, helpful. 100%. You know, you need need kind of a, a progression of thought and things to think about and mentally prep yourself through and go through to, you know, prepare yourself for that because hearing good luck and like it'll be all right and just chill out like it's not really giving you any sort of you know tools to make that work yeah to- that's spot on and i remember before the match i i like barely which if which if up. i said that to you i, I apologize now for no, that you, honestly you didn't i promise you didn't i promise I, su- I swear but before the match i got a terrible warm-up in and i i usually bounce before the match pace back and forth and i honestly just stood there just waiting to go out on the match because i needed to chill out you know, I was like not wanting the situation to actually happen, and then once I was out on the mat, I'm like, oh, we got we got to wrestle. Yeah, because that's a good I mean, that's right a now. lot. You know, that's a lot to put on the shoulders of a 15 year old sure. boy. Yeah. Or I mean, and if you flip it too, like think of what you know, Paige was probably dealing with. Oh my like, gosh. she's got you know the the weight of the world on her shoulders. She's a female athlete in yep. a sport basically dominated by males. Totally. In a situation that has never happened before. And, you know, you know, probably <laughs> thinking back now, we talk about hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. probably the thing that I should have said was like, Sean, I know you're nervous. I know you got a lot on your weight on your shoulders. With Think how she's feeling, right. you know, yeah. because whatever you're feeling is probably a fraction of what what she's probably dealing with. So, you know, it, it, it was a cool story. I mean, it's, it's always they're always cool stories when you end up on top, obviously. But at the same time, I think it's something with what you know some great experience like you talked about that with what you're getting into will definitely serve you and benefit you as something to kind of fall back on and be able to kind of relate to you know the the athletes you're dealing with and you know because that's the thing like athletes trust you more if they know you've gone through the the rigors and the trenches yourself did Paige come back and place at some point in her career no, that was her senior year. That was yeah. her senior year? Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember. She quit wrestling after that. <laughs> that <was> never, <laughs> never walked back. She actually has like a Ray Finkel type. Uh, <laughs> she has pictures of Sean Fee all over her room. Yeah, you yeah. might be on the hit list. Yeah. Yeah, you don't she's, want to run to her Right now she's night. polishing a shotgun and putting right. lipstick on, which would not be inappropriate. No, I mean, that's what, that's what you do. I think, it, I, I think it's a... A little bit about in, in terms of preparation is hey how do you how do you silence all the noise how do you you know look if you're if you're wrestling for fanfare and the in the crowd reaction I mean forget about it right I mean you sure. you've got to go out there and you've got to be wrestling for you and everything you've put into it and it's about you know how do you, how do you silence the fans so anyway Sean I think we've you know we've dealt with a lot of the uh, the really cool stuff that you're working towards and that that sounds awesome I can't wait to hear more about it as you get further along your path but I think more importantly what the listeners might want to know is some interesting facts about you and one that I remember and I didn't even hear about this till after the fact probably if I had heard about it 
Well, you were an athlete of mine. You would have there, been there. There would have been some suspensions probably <laughs> involved, and uh, you may not have ever even you know been able to wrestle in this. You're state just tournament. covering your ass right now. You would have loved it. Okay. No comment. But but I remember. So so as a member of the late Catholic administration, I cannot. Right, right. I do remember. You know. So so after Sean had graduated from Lake, you know, we still remained pretty close friends and spent time together whenever we could. So as he's gotten older, you know, he's kind of shared some more stories with me. And the one that kind of stuck in my head that I thought was an interesting story, and I think I need to get a little bit more information on it because I'm not sure how it even all worked out was there was some talk of some uh, storage container units that were rented and you and some of your classmates were involved in um, some activities of these. Like what, what exactly was that about? Sure. So uh, we were trying to just, we tried to find ways to, uh, you know, eventually it got old when we told our parents we were going to the same houses every weekend and, you know, are how are, are their parents are still out of town? Are you kidding me? Like, what do they what do they do for a living? So, eventually, we got to the point where we uh, I'm not going to mention the name of the storage unit. Uh, I don't want to throw any, anyone under the Protecting bus. Protecting innocent. Yeah, right. I don't want to throw any, anyone under the bus. But uh, we eventually got a we rented a storage unit. It was probably. I don't know. I think it was like sixty bucks a month or whatever. Now we're, we're it's like, did one of you have to be eighteen in order to like sign for this? Yeah, or? I never had to sign for it. My name was nowhere to be seen. Which Smart. Was, yeah, yeah, which was which was very very lucky on my end. But we had a few of these units. We called them like <laughs> we called them the unit, basically. <laughs> Good and name. Wait, literally super creative. Yeah, the it's unit. either Randy Johnson or whatever you do with a storage unit. G unit. G unit. G unit like that. But yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, Monday through Sunday, you needed a place to go and have a couple, have a couple crisp natty ices <laughs> that you've been hiding in the woods for a few weeks. Yeah, we're, sure, sure. We're going to the unit and uh, it got to the point where it was just kind of, it was just kind of daily life. Some so, people slept there for, there's stories of people sleeping there for months at a time. So did, so time. did it kind of culminate in like some... Big parties were like the or a raid. The, the, the <laughs> no, eventually, eventually, they, were, they both got raided the same. So there was a few of them, like I said, and they actually you just spread out across town just to like mix it up. Oh no, they were in the same parking lot. They, they were in the There were two units like fifty feet away from each other, and like they were one grade got this unit and one grade got the other unit. And wow. <laughs> that's brilliant, really, if you think yeah. about it. I mean, it's kind of like. Uh, th- this is what Storage Wars is based off of, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Should have been. I so mean, did these so, units yeah. have, like, electricity in them? They, uh, I mean, the kids ended up getting, like, uh, uh, power sources, and they, we, we put heaters in them, and, uh, like, gener- Wi-Fi surround generators. Sound. There was an N64 in one of them. <laughs> I mean, it was in a pong tape. It was, it was anything you could ever ask for as a high school So kid. you would, would you guys go in them? Have your like be partying, hanging out, and like and close the door. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd Was there a the secret door. knock that like you needed to know or a password? Honestly, looking back, there probably should have been, but it was just kind of it was all our welcome at this. If you're at the <laughs> like, unit, storage units aren't that big. Like, how big are? Do you have a big so one? So one was big. I think there was three in all over the years. We this was like a yearly thing. We did. <laughs> did you do like a? Did it have like a large garage door or just a yeah, bead curtain like the, across no, the wall? It was, <laughs> I wish. No, we had the large garage door, and then one day that large garage door opened and it was just 20 cops <laughs> like, it, 
Hey guys. Were they yeah. just standing there clapping like bravo, fellas? <laughs> Honestly, you well could tell done. that they appreciated what we were actually doing, you know? So it was a <laughs> It was something that people bring up all the time, like parents bring it up. And they're like, it was kind of one of those things where they don't like to act like they're proud of it, but they're like, that I actually appreciate you guys. Like, the, like I can't believe you did that. That's bullshit. But they're like elbowing their buddy. Like, right. That's like, pretty hey, fucking smart. Hey, tell them about the unit. You know? The, <laughs> so Lime, Ohio, kind of the same thing. Josh Pike, a friend of mine, Eric Donnelly, Pat Finn, they, uh, their parents were supportive of this whole endeavor. They got a storage unit. Oh, they put go. furniture in it, and they oh, put yeah. a drum set, amps, the whole thing, and they would go there and just... It, it was not like, hey, let's go here. It was not like have parties at it and everything else, sure. but that's where they went and played and practiced and everything else. I mean, so I'm, I'm familiar with this, this concept. Is that, is that where Splendid Chaos started? That's where... Well, you're not kidding. Well, when, when, the, when the behind the music comes out one day, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to ruin it, but... <laughs> But yeah, I think it was a pretty big, it was a pretty big part of it. But this is this is a great idea. I think so. I mean, I think if if the cutting away cabin were to have some catastrophic thing happen to it, we, I think we we, we unit. this was built exact same dimensions as a U-Haul storage unit. I think so. This is, it. Like this is it. actually pretty close. Pretty close. I'm getting. I walked in here. And I got instant flashbacks. You know, I feel at home right you here. You can put a VW Bug, <laughs> a bunch of old clothes in here. <laughs> One other quick story. I know Sean probably is going to bust my balls about it, but oh, it's a memorable one from his uh, senior year at the state tournament. And he, he had a great season. He won districts. He went into state as one of like the number one seeds. And he makes it to the semifinals, and he draws a kid from St. Paris Graham. And for those of guys that don't know, like St. Paris Graham is SPG. pretty good. They're pretty good. And um, the kid he was wrestling from St. Paris Graham was very good. He, uh, what was his name again, Sean? Uh, that was Micah Jordan. Micah Jordan. So his whole family is like a big, Never huge, heard of him. Yeah, him? Who? <laughs> big, huge Ohio wrestling family. Like Micah Jordan ended up going to college and being a, probably a multi-All-American, I want to say, right? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. And he was, he also was a, a father of several <laughs> Aryan-looking kids. So the, so the kid got, Sean had to wrestle. All the, all the Jordans get married as sophomores in college. and then <laughs> They can hold out that long. Have blonde kids, yeah. But anyway, this kid that Sean was wrestling was, you know, projected to win the state title. Kind of, he was the hands hands down favorite to win it. And uh, so they they meet up in the semifinals. And Sean, you know, Sean was I knew Sean was, uh, you know, he had a great warm up and he he was in a good mental place. And I think he was ready, you know, to like give it his all. And he was kind of in a position where you know what, this has kind of got me curious now because a previous story, <laughs> Sean had a bad warm up. Yeah, I think in he a had previous a, story. But he he was and only a sophomore time, then. This time he had a great warm up. Right. I changed like I changed my coaching tactics. And I said, <laughs> you know what? Let's do good warm ups now. <laughs> no, this is totally guess, on me. Totally guess, different situation. I guess this, I guess at what point as a coach you step in like, Sean, this this is a terrible warm up at this point. Like, <laughs> well, I said I said, okay. Chalk it up. But you know what? Like looking back, I probably should have had him have a shitty warm up because he ended up winning that match. What do you but, like, Sean? <laughs> Sean. <laughs> You walk up on, you know, what does it look like? You walk up on Sean, he's just doing jumping jacks. And you're like, Sean, this, Sean, this get is off not, Twitter. This is a get terrible off Twitter. Yeah. This is a terrible warm up. Right. What what's going through your head right now? And he's like, but I, I, I just th- thought I'd do some 1940 style calisthenics <laughs> before I went out. Hey, there. Do, like, do some do some toe yeah. touches and like let's call it a day. <laughs> yeah, bad warm up. 
I chalk that up to a bad warm up. But this I, great, I, yeah. the, define great warm up. I mean, loose, I, th- I thought he had a really good drill. You're, you got a good sweat going. Good sweat going. I thought he was in like a great mental place because I think see it in his he was definitely the underdog, you know. Yeah. So, so he <laughs> thought he, you know, I think in, in from his perspective, he was like, I got nothing to lose. I'm gonna leave it all out there, and I'm gonna you know let it fly and let it happen. So, gets a great warm up. We walk out of the tunnel. We're on deck waiting to go. The match before his ends. He's just about to walk off, walk out to the mat to shake hands and start the match. He shakes my hands. I, t- I tell him good luck and you know go get him. And he looks at me. He's like, Coach, I'm gonna shock the world. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, go do it, Sean. He walks Wait. out there and then he walks. <laughs> shock the you world. told me you're like, I genuinely believed in that moment you were gonna shock the world. I, I, I did. And then when he walks back 20 seconds later after he got pinned, was- I was like, Well, that's a tough, tough, one, Sean. <laughs> Yeah. was on the mat for like a minute and a half total just absolutely yeah. wrecked just being thrown around like a rag doll. what's the well, what, no. what's the opposite of that <laughs> coach i'm gonna satisfy the world <laughs> coach i'm, I'm gonna not- let the world down in a large way right. <laughs> so i have a similar story so joe caprella goes out wrestles chad owens have i told the story live yet or is this no, no, so no, for like one. for sean and maybe listeners don't know like chad owens in our day he wrestled for walsh and he wrestled for coventry and he was like, as a like freshman in high school, he was like world silver medalist, like oh, okay. insane, okay. absolutely insane. Yeah. So Chad Owens, a uh, uh, friend of mine, Joe Caprello, who I think we've told a, a previous story about, who didn't have the best dietary habits. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So Joe Caprello cuts down to one thirty-five, goes out and steps on the mat against uh, Chad Owens in the. Quarter- it's a, just a high school match. Quarterfinals of state, mm. um, and uh, you know, it's like. I'm going to give the, you know, and we're talking to him beforehand. He's like, I'm going to give this kid all he can handle, you know, and everything else. Seven seconds later, <laughs> seven yes. seconds. He's, he's, but stuck. like in his defense, Chad Owens, like he could grab you from like a full extension and just somehow pick you up and like throw you to your fucking head and pin he you. Was like he was basically like a, I think like, he, he did spend time in jail though, to be quite honest with you. He was basically like, a, he was like a rough neck. Yeah. Akron kid. Yeah. Okay. If, but ba- he was straight up badass. Yeah. He was okay. like bam bam. Like he could pick the kids up and like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> That's literally what he did that day. Literally, yeah. that's what he did. <laughs> the Joe Capella, seven seconds. Yeah. I was like, well, and Joe Russell, yeah, credit to Joe, man. And, and sports psychology. Russell, that was the, toughest, back that was the to third. toughest seven seconds that guy ever yeah. had. Yeah. I gave him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shock the world. <laughs> Speaking of shocking the world, guys, we got a big game on Sunday night. It's been 18 years since the Browns Here were last we go, in the playoffs, and they go. faced <laughs> the same fucking opponent, those dirty, dirty scumballs, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't know about you guys, I, I think I was initially a little bit upset and kind of sad and frustrated when I heard that Stefanski was out, Batonio was out, but as the week's gone on, I've start, my confidence has started to grow a little bit, and I think we got a chance. I think, uh, I think it might be an upset. What are you guys feeling? I'm, I'm with you. I I was pretty upset. I saw some of the Browns were out. COVID. The coach is out. COVID. But uh, I'm hearing some stories about Roethlisberger rubbing his elbow in practice. Like, oh, did you listen to the James Laronitis interview? When he was talking no, about that. No. Yeah. So remember, baby, like, was little animal James Laronitis, yeah, Ohio State, stud. played for the Rams. Yeah. He's uh he's an NFL analyst now. He was on 92.3 The Fan this week talking about it. Yep. And he said he's been watching a lot of Steelers games. And he's noticed since like week four, every time Big Ben comes to sideline, he's either rubbing his elbow or a trainer's rubbing his elbow out. 
and he's like, it's not just to keep it warm. Like, if you want to keep your elbow warm, like, the trainers will just put, like, a heat pack on that thing. Like, there's something wrong with his elbow. And I think it shows, too, by the fact that the amount of, like, downfield throws he's, he's thrown this year is very few. You know, his, his time um, per throw is the lowest in the league because he's trying to get the ball quick and short because he just can't throw it deep anymore. And I think when Miles Garrett rips that arm off and beats him over the head with it, I think if you rip exactly. the opponent's arm off and beat him over the head with that as opposed to a helmet, I don't think even think that's a penalty. No, it's, it's not, not a penalty. It's that's not. that's allowed. Yeah, they made that change like two years ago, I think. <laughs> yeah. So Mike, not the, but the helmet, just for the record, is still <laughs> yeah, that's still illegal. illegal. That's, yeah. still, that's still very very that's illegal. Still, yeah, right, we're all against right. that. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. so okay, so Shane, so what's you your prediction? Have obviously, gone to the dark web for some insider information here. <laughs> Yeah, we're, 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 we're trying to get everything we can right we're now. We're asking for the son of a road warrior uh, to provide us some insider uh, insider. And you're saying you're saying it like that's a bad thing. Well, no, I mean he has, obviously has access to the dark web. Yeah, he's got a lot of information at his disposal. Obviously, <laughs> Shane prediction: twenty-seven, twenty-four Browns. Yes. Oh, it's oh, it's done. <laughs> Sean Fee. Oh, Sean Fee, what are yeah, your thoughts no. on this game? After he said that so confidently, 27-24 Browns. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I couldn't not. I'll, I'll, I'll let Mike have a little rebuttal. Go ahead. Anyway, we're not going <laughs> to. Yeah, 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 fuck the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Have your time. Um, yeah, I could see this game being 30-14. to 14. In either team's favor, frankly, it depends on which which Ben Roethlisberger shows up, and it's either like there's only one Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the one that has won two Super Bowls, appeared in another, and maybe yeah. maybe sexually assaulted some girls. <laughs> I think there's no maybe in that. <laughs> well, I, I guess th- or threw himself into a windshield. Look, Frank, he hasn't played well, and he's had one good half in the last five games. True, the, also the most recent half. Which he no. threw the ball deep. No. Look, the best case scenario is Miles Garrett comes into the game, rips his arm off, and then we put Mason <laughs> Rudolph in, and we have a close game with the Browns. I'll tell you what, I was at the game last week, and Rudolph was dropping some dimes. We were even like, he was throwing the deep ball very well. It was making everyone real nervous. Well, that's the thing too. Like last week, like Rudolph throws, like he has, he was he was good at throwing the deep ball, but but there were, I mean. He put he's he bad put, in he, spots. He, 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 sure. No, I mean he his deep balls were like. 50-50 balls, yeah. and the Browns' cornerbacks were like third-string clowns. Good point. I don't. I'm just praying that maybe Denzel can play. Denzel is he, Ward can is play. He back? They, they haven't. They haven't said yet. I'm hoping to hear. Yeah. Like I'm hoping to hear. Like like I have any you know effect first. on yeah, this. Gonna hit okay. You what first. is that? Yeah. yeah got it. Daryl Ryder. Okay. <laughs> um. But you know, I, I think with the if the Browns secondary is still starting all these, you know, JV guys, it's. It's going to be tough. And we got to put the, up some points. The, the Browns have to put up points. You know, having T.J. Watt back, having Cam Hayward back for the Steelers, having Joe Botonio out, and the guy that's starting in his place is like the four-string guy who's only played like 200 snaps in his career. Um, it, it's going to be tough, but I'm hoping the Browns can do it. Browns 31-24. Wow. <laughs> after after <laughs> all of that. I don't, you know, I think we're... Why would we not have confidence? I think our offensive line is going to sputter anyway. We're going to put 30 points you know on the but, but you know what, Mike? I'm hoping that somehow the Browns get the running game going and Nick Chubb. I mean, that dude's a stud. Like, let's let's oh, be honest. Absolutely. No, no disagreement there. Kareem, you know, between him and Kareem, you know, I think they got to somehow establish the run. Like, last week, Nick Chubb had 12 carries for 108 or 112. Like, yep. I think he needs to get 20 carries, 25 carries. Um 
Yeah. If the if the Browns can keep it close and can enable them to continue to run the ball, I think the favor kind of tilts a little bit in the Browns. If the Browns defense is just so bad that they're playing catch up and they got a pass and it, you know, TJ Watts got his ears pinned back and he's, you know, then it's going to be tough to win. I like, yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree with you. I could see this being, I watched the game. I, I didn't watch the game last weekend. I'll watch the game this, this weekend, which almost guarantees the Steelers loss, which is, which is great. Please watch. Yeah, when um, you watch like three or four games this year. Lost are you working all? Sunday? Are you Sunday night though? So you'll be home. So yeah, Mike, Mike works home. at Amazon. He works like insane hours. But the, um, so I'm I'm gonna watch the game. I, I so I watched the replay of the game last weekend, and it wasn't um, it wasn't like Baker Mayfield was picking our secondary apart, and it wasn't like Nick Chubb was running all over our defense. He the three 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 defining plays in that game were. Nick Chubb, 47-yard touchdown. Baker Mayfield, 30-yard scramble. And the interception thrown by Mason Rudolph. And like every other playoff game that's going to occur this weekend and most football games that occur in the history of the game, it's going to come down to turnovers. And it's going to come down to come down to third, third down conversions. And I think if Ben Roethlisberger plays a half-decent game, um, we put po- points on the board, board early, start fast – which is something they struggled to do. If they start fast, I think the Browns are in trouble and the game could get out of hand. If they don't, it's gonna be it's gonna be cat and mouse and we're gonna be playing this thing. We're gonna go deep into the fourth quarter and it's gonna be a tight game the whole way through. But if we get a touchdown, two touchdown lead and we're gonna you guys are relying on Baker Mayfield to throw the ball and we're gonna be blitzing on uh, you know, long yardage downs, then I think it I think it could get uh could get tilted to the Steelers. I think I think this the Steelers have been pretty good against the spread in this series. And I would think I would think that minus six is probably too a little bit egregious. I think they win by by four points. I think it's an enjoyable game. I do predict the Steelers to win, however, um I wouldn't be surprised at either the outcome. Shane turn his mic off. Yeah, you're done. You're out of here. Cut it. We, I think we that- need a new co host. Anybody <laughs> Sean, are you available next week? Yeah, what are you guys doing next? Can we Friday? still use the cabin though, Mike? <laughs> are we going? Are we going on to you know as we look at the rest of the playoffs though? How about how the about Bills are? How insane. about Titans Ravens rematch? I'm excited to see that. But so yeah, let's t- kind of talking about the rest of the playoffs. I like I like two road teams this week, and it's the Ravens and the Buccaneers. That, those are the only two road teams I like this week. Um, and you like road head? Well, we established that earlier. Yeah. I mean, Buccaneers are playing the Washington football team, which that's not a stretch. No, but I'll be rooting for the Washington football team. I'll be rooting for the Titans because I don't think – I mean, win or lose, nobody wants to play the Ravens at this point, right? I mean, no. they're too much of a wild card. They're dangerous. They're, and the Bills look pretty pretty darn good right now. Pretty – yeah, pretty good. You know, I don't know. I – you well, know, let's let's just. I would like to be able to sit back and enjoy the game on Sunday. night. Are you working Saturday? No, no, I'm off. Well, let's just me. celebrate six playoff football games this weekend, and we're in it for the first time in eighteen. We're, we're one of those six. That's we're games. one. Of, we're one of those six games, which let's is go. pretty exciting. Speaking of exciting things, we five have questions. Five questions oh, with Sean Fee. So this week, so we've come to the point of the show again, guys, where it's five questions. With our guest, and today our guest is Sean Fee. We've prepared these five questions ahead of time, but no one's actually seen them. So I don't know who prepared them, 
but they're going to be new to all of us. I wrote them freehand okay. without even thinking and not looking at them. <laughs> right. So they might be messy and hard to read, but there's a sealed envelope right there, Sean. So when you open these questions, just so you know, you will read them from your perspective and you cannot... I'm sorry. You're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> you you're, Got you're it. Gonna, you cannot yeah. read them. Yep. You just have to think about them. No. You will open them up and you will read them. And Shane, Mike, and I will answer the questions for you. And we're really not even looking for an answer from you. You might not even get a chance to answer these questions yourself. So we've always talked about it through the through the different episodes. There, it's a it's a really good time. Yeah, this, you're gonna learn a lot about yourself. You'll learn this. a lot about yourself. I'm you know, you're you're into psychology, and I think there's gonna be some things that some doors that might open for you, and some doors that might close. We're not sure how this is gonna go. Some are some are gonna slam shut. I think. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> it. it's gonna be a harsh reality. I think for a lot of them, if we ask, you know, you're you're free to comment on what you what you may if we if we allow you right sure but in general we will tell you what your answer is and uh we'll go from there so sean go ahead open right, let's do it open the envelope this is our first time with that the, sealed envelope. Seal. it's a very sealed seal. yeah break the seal it's a Better Business better Bureau business sticker BBB. that I BBB. stole from my office Sponsor. today. Sponsor because like, it's like Hold a very, on, it should on. be like a it's Game of Thrones like melted. Uh, you, you can rip it. It's okay. This is going in the garbage as soon as you finish this. <laughs> this is not, I mean, we're going to sign it. We're going to put it on the wall, collector's I, item. Yeah. And I will say, Sean, try to just read one question at a time and don't don't look forward. Yeah, maybe you only show yourself the first one. Yeah, use the, use the envelope to kind of hide the other questions. We're getting a lot of lot of coaching still. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, your life. Hey, once once a coach, you just can't you can't just drop. So I read the question. Though? Yes, read the question. Question number one. Why are there five sheets? Because I printed out too many. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking lay off, Sean. Just read the goddamn question. <laughs> Do what you're told. Potentially five questions. <laughs> Flashbacks once again. <laughs> What's the most despicable act I would commit? In order to ensure a Brown Super Bowl victory. Wow. Super Bowl, not just a not just a Super playoff Bowl. win. Yeah, I think he's he's going all the way with this. Yep. Um who would like to take the, the stab at this answer here? I don't know that I'm ready yet, but I, I would I, I guess I would say he would I don't I get I don't I'm at right. a loss he's here. He's passing. Yeah. I, I think without a doubt he would probably make out with Dave Coates. God that, For, I, Wait, the the thing I was gonna go back to the page naming thing, and I would say maybe, <laughs> maybe he'd go, maybe he'd uh, ask Paige Nemec out on a date and, and like put her in a full Nelson or something like that. I think he did sake. that during the match, actually. <laughs> one he point might have got penalized. Is that for how that. she got her one point? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm saying, I mean, I don't know if Dave Coates listens to this, and I, I mean Dave Coates Jr. Like so, big Dave. I'm not saying. That Can we you, tell who that is? Because people don't know who that is. So yeah, it's it's a it's another former wrestler of mine. Um, you know, good friend of Sean, and he Sean actually sent me a text of a picture of Dave last Sunday. After the, I don't know if they were at the Browns game or just celebrating a Browns victory. Yeah, it was, was post Browns game, Dave Coates. So he looked pretty happy, and I think that uh, if if Sean knew that by making out with Dave for probably like a minute or two, like tongue everything, uh, and that would guarantee a Browns Super Bowl, I think for sure he would do that. I think that would be my number one first option. I think that's a good. I think okay, we don't need answers from I mean, each other. I would pay you money to do that so that we could get a Brown Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's worth it. Shane, what do you think? Wow, I was going to go even more extreme. Now I feel like I'm going to be 
ridiculed for what I was the first thing. You know, should I say the first thing that popped into my head, or should I come up with something that's not so ridiculous? I mean, it has to be despicable. I want to hear both. Oh, this was despicable. I, I mean, it was something, something related to Dirty Sanchez was the first thing that popped in my head. So is he receiving one or is he giving one? Like giving one, it's probably not. I thought, I thought him giving one. Okay. I don't know why that popped in my head. So just thing. a random faceless person or Let's someone hope. that did you? I mean, a dude. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come to that. If they win tomorrow, I'm going to think of Sean doing this to someone. I'm just going first thing that popped in my head. I don't know why. Sean giving dirty sad chance to a guy. I don't, that's it. Well, next, well next just, question. just a little. No, just uh, Mike didn't even answer yet, but just a little like backward. And when I was texting Sean about coming to the podcast this weekend and like telling him how excited I was for the Browns game, his one response was first it was, let's go. Couldn't be more pumped. Thursday, Friday is on. I can't wait. And then his next text was, I wish you were here. I miss you. <laughs> and I was, I was taken aback. I was <laughs> praying you wouldn't bring this up. How many so, beers did you have? I started drinking at like 9 in the morning. When is that text from? When? It's probably from like four, 5.27 p.m. Yeah, just, Today? So, no. On, on, on Sunday. Oh, a week ago. Yeah. yeah so so his day, response was, I wish you and I wish you were here and I miss you. And I said, "Well, that's Gosh, great. That's I can't wait for the te- you know the podcast either. Um, not sure, not sure where this is going from here, Sean. So apparently, he claims that was for his fiance, and he accidentally texted me that. We're not sure. We're not sure. I, it's a cover up, obviously. I was very excited to be on the podcast. Oh, I'm very so. excited, uh-huh. Mike. What do you, what do you think Sean would do? Geez, now I wonder if it'd be even possible. But in order to in order to to guarantee a Browns victory this weekend, I would like Sean Fee to choke out his former coach. <laughs> would he be able to do it with the amount of love and clear eyes in his heart? Can he? Can he? Can he even do it? I, I mean, I would. I would get choked out for a brown suit. I know it would kind of be yeah, like one of those say. things. Like I would, Sean, I would invite him to do that. It, I. I would almost like it would be like a like a Goodwill Hunting moment where it's like, <laughs> Sean, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> your fault. <laughs> but I want him to win. Sean, it's okay. You can choke me out. But I. I don't want to do it, Jimmy. I mean, Coach. I mean, just I don't fucking understand. do just it. Just fucking choke me out so that they win. Oh God, Jimmy. I don't want. I miss you. <laughs> All right, number two. Number two. I think that takes over the Dave Coates situation. (laughs) Okay, number two. Who would I say is a better motivational speaker, Hulk Hogan or Tony Robbins? Um, I'm I'm gonna have to go on the Hulk Hogan front because who gets you more pumped up than that guy? Even when he went bad, even when he was member of the NWO. Still, Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. I'd, I'd take Hollywood Hogan over Tony Robbins at this point. And, I, and t- Tony Robbins might be the more clinically correct motivator. But, He's um, probably taking a psychology class yeah. somewhere. But a, a six-foot-five muscular man. Um, With that mustache? Who's been able, to, who's been able to, to bald the way that he has but still remain cool. Yeah. Um, I think you know. I don't even know if there's his, a question. His, Shane, yeah, no. Cool. If you're a forty or something year old male in, in North America, maybe the world, like Hulk Hogan. No, the world, the world. I mean, Hulk Hogan's your number one motivational guy. I mean, when you imagine a kid, I mean, eat, eat your vitamins. Sean, do you even remember Hulk Hogan really? I know him as like post Hulk Hogan, like when he's on he's like, like yeah, reality like show Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Oh. Are you even uh, a real American? <laughs> 
You're a real American. <laughs> he, he, did, he did have a music video at one point. Yeah. I am a real American. Fight for your rights of every man. I've never spent a single day in the military, but I'm a wrestler and I'm fighting for your rights. I, I don't understand. Where, where does Hulk Hogan get off? Hulk Hogan, I'm a real American. I fight for the rights of every man. Not, not woman. He body slammed out of the giant, Mike. What more do you want? He leg dropped him, too. Broke his back doing it. Yeah. So deal with that. WrestleMania. America. Superdome. <laughs> Question three. I'll take Hulk. Question Who would win? Tony Robbins or Hulk Hogan? No, I don't Hulk, even know. Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Tony Robbins is yoked. <laughs> yeah, he's, Tony he's, Robbins he's is also yoked. like 6'5". Yeah. All right. Question three. What's the most weight I have ever cut in one day? And how many times did I cry during the process? <laughs> Who made these questions? <laughs> I give you a guess, but yeah, you can't answer, you can't answer the questions. Yeah. Honestly, it was it was it was Colonel Stahl who made the questions. I I added a couple liberties to them, but <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think, Shane? Most pounds in a day. And how many times did you cry? That's that's the key, uh, I think. What weight? Yeah, you were light. Did I mean, you obviously a lightweight all your life. When are we talking here? What were your high school, senior year, and then college? The most I ever cut was in college. No, we don't want to. No, 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 Eight pounds for a 133 pounder. That's that's And then this is a twenty four hour period, so you got twenty four hours. To I'm gonna cut. say I'm gonna say you could drift uh, you could with drift and spit and sweat and everything else. And I'm crying and tears. Get, like tears. And yeah. Tears weigh something. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna go with the price is right mentality. Ten pounds, uh three times. Cried three times. Yeah. Sean, I, I think I know. At this. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Sean which you didn't eat any of them. No. <laughs> exactly. Sean cut probably nine pounds in one day and cried four times. Are any of us close? We're going to let you answer this one. I'm actually allowed to answer this one? Yes, but it has to be. Briefly. But you need to be honest with us about how many times you cried. <laughs> That's the most I important part. You've got a lot of money riding on this. <laughs> You said nine pounds. I and said three. I said, said ten pounds. Ten, I said ten, nine. ten pounds. And I, said I was more focused on ten the nine, tears. Ten, nine, eight. The tear placement that you had was just spot on. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I gotta give it to you. <laughs> I gotta give it to you. Bingo. We've had episodes before. We talked about like when we brushed our teeth and it was like that toothpaste was so good. <laughs> that was what was that close up? Get another tube of that. It was, mom. Just, it was just so refreshing how so, I just quenched my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> All, right, All right. Next question. Four. Question number four. What was my go-to pump-up song in high school before a big match? Oh, uh, again, we got to think about. Let's like go back to age, your senior though. year. Yeah. So senior year, senior year, what, what year was, year was what? that? What year was that? 2012. Oh, jeez. Oh God, there's no good. Music. I don't know nothing from 2012. <laughs> I can give it. I, can I give a somewhat of a hint? Sure. It, what? It was not from anywhere near 2012. So it's probably it from the 80s. Okay. I'm thinking yep. it's from the, his dad. Was a wrestler in the '80s, so I'm thinking that his dad might have influenced some of this. Possibly, I'm not sure. Hmm. You think, and maybe you've watched all the Rocky movies, right? Oh my god! So I'm gonna go with Eye of the Tiger. Okay, that's an easy answer. 
I, I might have used that when I was in high school. <laughs> Surprise, the, the Dago class. goes with Stallone. <laughs> Shane's going with Faith Hill. <laughs> Shane's going with... I can't even name Oops. a Faith Hill song. Thank yeah. you. Man, I feel like a woman. Bullshit. Remember the time <laughs> I put on... Faith Hill. Whatever, it's the same genre. <laughs> I borrowed your Walkman one time and uh, <laughs> before a match. This is completely made up right now, by the way. Go ahead, I borrowed Mike. your Walkman one time before a match, and all I heard was, looks like we made it. <laughs> fake news. Looks like <laughs> we Fake news, fake news, it. fake news. Um, I'm going to say uh, Debbie Gibson, Electric Youth. <laughs> I I don't know why. I, mean, I don't even know if Sean likes this band, but I'm gonna say he would listen to Beastie Boys Sabotage. Oof. Ooh. Am I allowed to answer? Go for it. Am yeah. I allowed to I feel like I'm breaking. This one you can answer. No, you can. What the hell? Bob O'Reilly by the Who. Every oh. Time. Every match. Wow. Teenage Every Wasteland. Let's go. That's a great one. Yeah, great uh, drum solo in that too. Keith Moon. Got rest of soul. Best. All right. Well, number five. Yeah, question number five. Wow, last one. He plays those drums. This is, this is a record man. podcast. Yeah, it is. Will the title? <laughs> will the title of my next book be "The Feline," and its subject be a deep dive into the inner workings of cat psychology? <laughs> <laughs> Remind you, his last book was "The Fine Line." <laughs> yeah, we probably should have got into the title of his first book, right? We, the, we mentioned the fine it. Line. Yeah, yeah we mentioned it. <laughs> I think this is a rhetorical question. I mean, I think if he doesn't dive into the feline next, he's well, probably. Missed I mean, it's just a logical next step. It's a I progression. Mean, there's there's a lot to dissect a in lot a cat of, psychology, there, and there's a lot of super weird cat people in the world. They probably would buy that. My fiance's name is Cat, so I'm taking this very, very literally. <laughs> oh wow, cat that's a whole other wow. level. That's a whole yeah. other, whole another level. Yeah, I mean, I, like I, I think it would be one of those niche books, you know, that uh, kind of caters to. But those people are fanatics. Yeah, weird cat people, but those people are fanatics. So, if you're looking for a little like extra, you know, income stream, I think that's that's the route to go. Yeah, if times get tough, I mean, I would maybe <laughs> shift your focus. I think that's a good yeah. call. Yeah, yeah. I mean, feline AIDS is the leading killer of cats in the United <laughs> States, so I. I would dedicate some time to it for sure. And, 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 and the stuff that the cats have to deal with mentally to just yeah. deal, you know. To they understand. could use somebody on they a weekly someone. basis they to need talk a, to they them. They need an advocate. Who's who's thinking about these cats? Sean will be soon. I'm thinking about the cats. Lesbian, lesbians the world over. <laughs> well, Sean, we so thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I hope you had fun. And I hope you enjoyed your time. I think... Um, it was great to spend some time with a former wrestler of mine and to talk a little bit about uh, where you've been, you know, where you are now and where you're going. And uh, if, if people have not checked out his book, it's called The Fine Line, Not the Feline. Where can not they yet. buy that book? Not yet. Not where yet. can they buy that book? Yeah, it's Sean. on Amazon. Amazon, 10 bucks. And audio, right? <laughs> yeah, audio book as well. Yeah. It's on Amazon. Well, it's, on Amazon. it's on audio. You can follow him on social media at Sean Fee One, The Fine Line. I don't even know what the Facebook, The Fine Line, Sean Fee. And you know, just a great guy. I'm real. I'm real happy and proud to know you, Sean. And I'm glad you were able to join us tonight. I think we had a good time. Hopefully, you did too. I had an absolute absolute blast. Thank you guys so much for having me on, Coach. You know, I love you, and I, I I look up to you, and I appreciate you. And you guys are the best. So I'm happy I got to spend some time in the the Cuttingway cabin. Great. We love it. All right, Shane. Why don't you lead us out? What do you got for us, buddy? 
Yeah. Um, first off, you can find Cutting Weight on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. We're all gonna retweet it, like it, <laughs> share I, I do, it. I do retweet it. Retweet. I, it. I, I honestly. Stalls, do you know what Twitter is? No, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually a member of Twatter. <laughs> Um, That's a totally different, <laughs> yeah, big, totally different, different genre. <laughs> the uh, one letter makes a big difference. Yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting profile names there. <laughs> profile picks. <laughs> I'm sure. I will. I, I yeah. I do. All right. Let's let's I, leave it. Let's leave it at go Browns, Steelers or Steelers. Some one of, one of them's gonna win, and we'll talk about it next week. You bet. Um, I'm gonna leave you with. Um, we went out with Faith Hill. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with Carrie Underwood on the way on the way out oh, wow. here. All right.